Hey everybody, welcome to another Think Your Way to an Epic Life. And today is going to be a little bit different. I've got Ben, the producer of this show, and he's going to help kind of keep me on track as I go through talking to you about somebody who is at the bottom of their game right now and wants to move up in any area and in every area and what, what it takes and how to get there. So Ben, thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah, of course. Always love to learn a little bit more. So I read a book a long time ago, and it was called Doubling Your Personal Effectiveness. And that book was not something I would recommend to most people. I really wouldn't. I didn't enjoy the book, there, but there were a couple of things that I took out of that book that made it well worth my time to purchase the book. And the more important investment was my time to read the book. And one of those things it t- said was people who are wildly successful generally are either serious underdogs that start off with everything against them possible. No one would ever imagine that they could achieve anything, let alone, you know, anything huge. Or they had a really good childhood. They had mom staying at home in a perfect world, that kind of stuff. It's hard to say what makes everyone end up doing what they do, but I would say if you said to me, you have to pick one trait that a highly successful person has, especially a highly successful person who started off as the underdog, I would say it has to be resilience. So some of the people that are famous that have been incredibly resilient, um, Vincent Van Gogh, you heard of him? I have, yeah. Do you know that he only sold one painting while he was alive? Really? Yeah. Can you imagine? He kept painting, he kept painting, he kept painting, and no one wanted his stuff. And the rest was just after he passed away? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Uh, Jim Carrey, when he was 15, he had to quit school so he could take care of his family, so he could work. Did mm. you know that? Nope. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, like, and look at him now. He, he also put a check for $10 million. He wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he said, one day I'm going to make $10 million on a movie. And he carried that check in his wallet forever and ever and ever. And then one day, pet detective, he made $10 million. So it's pretty crazy. Well, that's what you got to do. That's like the equivalent of writing it down, except taking to an extreme. And when you hear people saying, oh, you got to write down your goals. It's basically what he did. Just He wrote it down on a check. There you go. There you go. Or a dream board, a vision board, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff. The more, the more you can put in there, the better. Um, Stephen King, his first novel, Carrie, I was rejected by 30 different publishers. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, how many people after 30 no's are going to get back up and go? I'd probably give up after two. Two or three would be my number. Right, right. And so it's, it's that resilience that somebody just keeps going and going. Um, Sylvester Stallone, who, who starred in Rocky. A lot of people don't know that he didn't just star in Rocky. He wrote the script. So he writes the script, and he goes, and he's broke. I mean, he is broke, 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 and like, like barely able to eat. And he goes to, he tries to sell this to a lot of people. And there were people who said, I'll buy the script. I'll, I'll give you $250,000 for the script. And he's hungry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, because I need to star in it. And they're like, no, you're nobody knows you. You're an unknown. Can't do it. He, he went to thousands before he finally got somebody who said, okay, you can star in it and let's do this thing. Yeah, it's a different type of resilience right there. When you're hungry, 
$250,000 sounds like a lot at the time. Well, especially back then, yeah. And, you know, a little another little thing about Sylvester Stallone is he had to sell his dog, his best friend. He had to sell his friend to be able to eat. And then after he made that money, guess what he did? Bought his dog. He went and bought his yeah, dog yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no I mean, I'm glad he did, too, because I couldn't imagine anyone else in those roles. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. Who knows? Um, Walt Disney was fired from his first job because he was told that he didn't have any creativity. Yeah, that guy, you could tell. He wasn't creative at all. <laughs> Nothing there. No. So it, it is really crazy. Um, uh, Einstein never even spoke the first three years of his life. You know, so So all of these people had to go through all kinds of resiliency to get to where they are. Wait, excuse, sorry. He never spoke the th first three years of his life? His first three years, he didn't speak at all. No words. When do you normally start speaking? Pretty much right, dada, right away. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> dada, I think dada counts, and mama, and... Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess one could assume if, if a baby wasn't speaking for a while, then they wouldn't be as intelligent. But we're talking about Einstein here, so... Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's not the case. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things I think that we need, this resilience, when you get knocked down, and you will get knocked down. So I, so in my own life, I, I have been knocked down so many times. And why I keep getting up again is, is beyond me. I would say the, the biggest thing that happened for me was I was I got to listen to and I highly highly recommend this even today it's very dated and so the references you're going to hear are about commercials you've never heard in your life <laughs> that came out before you were even alive but it's Tony Robbins he did uh, the 30 days of personal power way back when it was cassettes tapes it was it was a long time ago but it absolutely changed my life it, it took me it just sent me on a different trajectory and that's all I want to say is is you are not done until you quit. When you quit, it's over. But if if you just, here's the deal. When life hands you a really hard thing, go ahead and let yourself have a pity party, but put a timer on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like you're going to get hit down, you know, fall down. If you come back like a year later and you're still down, then that's like, okay, got to do something about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm on a really, really big thing. Mm, maybe a day, right? Give yourself a day. Feel sorry for yourself. Do whatever you need to do. Have a big old fat pity party. But then you got to get back up. Because the longer you let yourself stay down, it it just keeps getting worse. Does it? Yeah, I guess that's true when I think about it. And for those of you who want to hear more about Kara's cassette story and how that changed your life, podcast with Jake Henson, um, the first podcast with Jake Henson. Look that up and you'll hear the whole story. Thank you very much. What yeah. a memory. Yeah. 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 So I've got this friend that I go to church with and, and the church asked her, would you please write uh, a blog basically about your family's traditions for, for the holidays? Because it's almost Christmas now. It's like December 10th, I think, and 2022. And so my friend said she, she was really uncomfortable writing it and I had no idea why, but she said she would do it. So I'm going to read that to you. 
She said, I once knew a little girl who grew up in a family where both parents were alcoholics. She was the baby of the three girls. They were all five years apart. The parents moved their family across the country away from all family support and oversight. So they were in survival mode and didn't take time to raise the girls. Their motto, the parents' motto apparently, was children are to be seen and not heard. Frequently, there was no money for food, and her parents were too proud to let the girls get free lunches or reduced price lunches at school. They lived in a really rough neighborhood, and the challenges most people in poverty really can relate to. At the age of six, the Sunday before this little girl's very first day of school ever, her mom walked her to school, explaining to turn left at the Jack and Jill Donut, and then you would run, then you would run into your school. So when you get there, just walk in the door and find an adult, and the adult will tell you where to go. So the girls rarely felt welcome in their own home, and they never felt safe outside of their own home, and there was drama all the time. One night, the parents had a Christmas party where there was somehow always enough money for alcohol, and the little girl got scared that night, and she went to her mom, and she said, Mom, can you come lay down with me until I fall asleep? And her dad stood up and started screaming at her, told her not to mess with their party. And the little girl got up and tried to go. And and one of the party guests said that she was exhausted. Um, She was pregnant and she was exhausted. And she said, would you mind if I go lay down with your daughter? And they said, sure, whatever, go. And so that lady came and laid down with the the little girl. And um, she was telling the little girl about the Lord and about Jesus and that, that Jesus would hear her and answer her prayers. And so the little girl thought, that's kind of cool. I'll give that a try. And one thing she always wanted was a dog. Um, she desperately wanted to be to have a dog of her own, but she knew that wasn't there was no way she could have a dog because there wasn't even food for the family. So she prayed about the dog, and it came to pass where the parents, some of their drinking buddies were leaving town and couldn't take their dog, so they gave the dog to this family. And so it wasn't very long after that that she had the dog and her parents were out on the town for the night and their car was towed home and their, her dad ended up in jail and her mom ended up in the hospital and, and there were imprints in the windshield of both of their, of their heads. This was before seatbelt laws apparently. So um, the little girl started praying more uh, and less about dogs and bicycles and praying about, you know, hoping her parents would both make it home. So then she writes, I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you. She's writing this in a church blog. I want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you who takes the time to love and care for your own kids. And a very special thanks of you who love and care for kids of your friends. You never know what they're dealing with at home. The kindness and love of an adult for a child is priceless, and you never know what God's plan is for them. I will be forever grateful for that precious lady who stood up to my dad and comforted me that Christmas season. That little girl was me, and most people have no clue about that. Did you have an idea? I did not know. Yeah. That person was you. Right. And we've been working together for how we've known each other for over a decade. Right. Yeah. So you will find that people who have been through that kind of trauma, their life was nothing but trauma. They don't talk about it. And the reason, well, there's a lot of reasons not to talk about it. The reason that I decided to talk about it is 
Ed Milet, I really enjoy him. He just wrote a book called The One More. So read that book if you get a chance. But Ed Milet said that the person you can help the most is the person that you used to be. So what you've overcome, then you can help other people overcome. And so I think it's really important for us, especially in times like this, when we see someone who we see as as uber successful, to just not assume that everything has been handed to them or that it was an easy thing to do. So Yeah, yeah, no, um, I have a lot of respect for you for sharing that on a podcast that's going on the internet. Everyone listening knows the how difficult that it can be to share. Imagine sharing some of your roughest times that you don't want to share, but she's doing it for you guys so that you know that, you know, everything's not always as people show on their cover of the cover of their book. You know, most of the time you don't realize that you're looking at people's highlight reels when comparing their highlight reel to your whole story. So thank you for doing that. And I'm sure everyone else uh, really appreciates you being, um, vulnerable as you were and uh yeah just don't judge a book by its cover i think is the main story for that yeah i i really i really appreciate you saying that ben it is the highlight reel we need we need you guys to understand that it's true when we're scrolling through facebook nobody is putting on there that um you know my husband hit me last night or my kid is doing drugs or my best friend committed suicide they're not putting that stuff they're putting the highlights of when they overcame it and so i feel like i don't know how important it is to be vulnerable but Brene brown i absolutely adore her and she really calls on you to be vulnerable and so when I wrote that blog for my church, that's true. That was a true story. It was me, and I wrote it, and that's how I wrote it. And I and I did it because I had read one of her books, and she said, you have to be vulnerable. And we don't want to. We don't want to show our warts to everybody. <laughs> uh, but the only way I can help other people, I think, at least people who have been through something like that, I think someone might have a hard time approaching me if, they if they didn't know what i had been through and i know that's just a that's just a <laughs> snapshot right that doesn't that this does that doesn't do justice to my entire life but it's just a little snapshot to let you know no matter where you are right now no matter where you are right now or how old you are right now if you're still living it's not over until you quit resilience is what it is you have to get back up you have to have what i like to call um 15 minute funeral when something goes really, really bad and, and you don't feel good, let yourself have 15 minutes and feel sorry for yourself, do whatever you need to, but then get on to what do you need to do to fix it. Exactly. Yeah. If you're still waking up, then you're not done yet. There you go. Yeah. That's it. So this is, this is the producer of the podcast. Uh, ben has been absolutely imperative in making <laughs> this happen because it would not have happened if it was just me. Uh, however, we want to bring you value every single time. And so one of the things that we're going to ask you is if you have some questions that you would like answered to, to please put them in the chat or email us or, you know, contact us, call us, whatever, and let us know that you want you <laughs> let us know what you want to hear about. And we'll be happy to answer your questions. Resilience, they say, is the most important trait for success. Any successful people, any successful person I have ever interviewed or talked to or coached has overcome 
a lot. It, it, it is hard. Business is hard. I've got, I've got a coaching client right now who has a big team and it's, it's hard. It's hard when people leave, even if it's for good reasons. It's you, you've got to be able to manage your emotions and just say, okay, I'm going to let myself feel sorry for myself right now, but then I'm going to get back up and I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's because if you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth or with no spoon in your mouth, either way, you're going to go through hardships. So you have to have resilience. Also, quick question on those questions that you're asking people to send in. Do they have to be about real estate? Do, do they not? Anything real estate related, investing in real estate, flipping real estate, buying and selling your own personal home. All of that is good. Lending is good uh, or any kind of mindset help coaching if you if you've got a coaching question you know yeah send them in we'll be happy to answer them yeah we'll put some contact information down in the links and the descriptions whatever you're watching this on there'll be something there for you thank you ben yeah yeah i'll be the one doing it so. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool okay all right